greatest manga debate show on the internet. Maybe the only one. I'm not sure. And today, we have a fight of heroic proportions because we are here to debate My Hero Academia. And we've got two exciting challengers in the ring tonight. In the first corner, we've got a mobile developer for Wiz Media, Jeff Ruber! Ooh, we're gonna hero the academia's cool. Such excitement! And opposing him is the host of Just a Gintama podcast and the At Backwards anime podcast. Our previous guest on our My Hero Academia discussion, Doctor! I haven't developed an app, but I'm here to kick some ass. All right. I like that enthusiasm, <laughs> boys. How are you feeling today? Very well. I, I slept a lot. <laughs> Prepared for this. Hey, so did I. I'm feeling a little heroic, a little academic, a little a little my. A little my. A little no, a little a little boca no. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. So, fellas, tell me, why do you think you will be the winner of Manga Fights today? What's your history with My Hero Academia, and why do you think you will be the champion? I, I think that having recently gone through the entire series, maybe last night, I don't know, I feel like I've at least absorbed plenty of the series to have some knowledge as to why I think I, I have the right idea about everything that's going on in the series. So I, I might know more than him. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. That's the point of this fight, isn't it? Interesting confidence. Jeff? I think I agree with you. I think you know more than me at this point. I've, I've recently reread some of the early stuff that wasn't, because basically I started reading the series when it started in well not when it started in weekly shonen jump in the english weekly shonen jump but i went back to the first issue where it started appearing and started reading from there so the, basically in the middle of the sports festival so the past couple of weeks i went back and read everything up to that point so like basically that stuff right after the sports festival i'm really blurry on because it's been a while but uh yeah so i don't have much confidence that that's my stance all right the underdogs always depreciate themselves. They don't think that they can do it. But when push comes to shove, they pulls through. We've seen it time and time again in manga fights. Better it be the fight between me and Josh on Inuyasha, or me and Maxi on Toriko, or even V-Lord and Maxi on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You can never really truly tell the winner until the final rounds. Wait, can I, can I just insert, I just want to insert a side note. When I've been rereading the first couple of volumes, and whenever I read Present Mike now, I hear it in Sid's voice, <laughs> which is a problem. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, thanks, man. You put that on me. Oh, great. <laughs> anyway, let's go over the rules for any first-time listeners. There are two rounds in the manga fights, the debate round and the speed round, each composed of five matches each. In the debate round, the, our competitors will have one minute to make an opening arguments. Then they will have three counter arguments, each a minute, and finally a closing argument, also a minute, for a total of five minutes of arguments per match. 
Then in the debate round, things really speed up. I mean, in the speed round, things really speed up. And each contestant has 20 seconds to make their opening argument. They only get one counter-argument, also 20 seconds, and one closing argument, also 20 seconds, for a total of one minute of debate time each, in, for each match of the speed round. Simple enough rules. Are our competitors up to the task? Let's find out. Now let us begin, Manga Fights, with the first match of the debate round. Round one! My Hero Academia is a series about heroism. It's a series about what it means to be a great hero. So, gentlemen, in your opinion, what makes a good hero? Alright, Doctor, opening argument. Your time starts now. Alright, uh, I think when it comes to having a, a, a character that represents what is a hero, I would think it's someone who is not an out for themselves, very selfless person, who is willing to risk it all to save whoever needs to be saved. To be there as a uh, it's unfortunately to steal it from the series, a beacon of light of and a beacon of hope uh, for the people and, and the people that he's saving. Uh, having uh, somewhat a flawed uh, character is also somewhat important too for me. When for when it comes to being a good hero, there's nothing wrong with a person who has all the powers in the world, but still has some sort of not just to say a weakness, but a flaw. It's just something that just it it, it, it gives a level of humanity to a character. Uh, uh, all right, time up. Okay. All right, uh, Jeff, your opening argument. Time starts now. Okay. So I think the number one most important aspect for a good hero is charisma. So self selflessness is cool. It's kind of uh, a necessary thing, but it doesn't really. Uh, it isn't enough. There are plenty of people that are super selfless and. That isn't enough to lead people, to inspire people. And charisma is the, the main thing that I think separates the the great heroes from the not-so-inspirational heroes. And we see this in characters like the reason All Might is so inspirational is because of his smile, because of the way he's able to use his charisma to, to lead other people. And we also see that in other series, you know, like contrasting, you know, the the leads of series like One Piece, Luffy's you know, his charm and his charisma is what is able to inspire everyone else. And I think that's my thesis for what My Hero Academia is about, is about Deku learning to become that. Because he's not that initially. He's not that inspirational. Interesting points. Doctor, your counter-argument. I mean, uh, but to, I guess to work off of that, you notice that Deku has that sort of level of humanity. He's not, he's not there yet. There has to, like, you kind of need that sort of building block to be able to like slowly get into that sort of uh, the, the, that high ranking that what All Might is now. I agree. Charisma is a big factor in it, but it's not to say that it's like the only thing. I mean, to the sense of like, here is a, a larger than life being. I get that. I think I, I, I agree to some extent. Uh, I, but I do think that there is some other level of humanity that should be involved in it. I think that's why sort of the underdogness of Deku is really the thing that makes you run a roof for him, uh, is that 
is this something is him getting building up and being able to slowly become something better than he already is and to be able to overcome his flaws and and his limits is sort of like the ne- the necessity to actually slowly become a better hero and to be one of the better ones at least in the series once he gets the uh, up. Jeff, your counter argument. Okay, so so I think I think we both agree that there is more than one component obviously necessary to to become a great hero and to be a good hero, but I guess it comes down to what's the most important aspect. And I think My Hero Academia gives us a bunch of different examples of characters who are considered great heroes, like near the top of the ranking, um, not number one. Like All Might, All Might is a combination of charisma plus total selflessness. His his quirk, after all, is named after selflessness. It's you know one for all. But the other heroes that we see, like Endeavor, Endeavor isn't particularly like he doesn't seem like he's like a particularly like I want to help everyone. He's kind of just like his personality is much more. Um, it just doesn't embody that same kind of selflessness, and yet he's still considered a great hero because of his his ability to inspire people and to do good, even if he himself is not like super, um, you know, selfless. And so I think that kind of shows it is possible to be an inspirational and effective role model, even if even without that selflessness. Doctor, your next counter argument. I think the 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 I think bringing up Endeavor is like a, a good uh, point to make because you notice how like he, when it comes to him, he does not really <laughs> to come off as a good guy. I guess I, I think that the, the that's when we start to uh, uh, I guess uh, th- determine what you consider person good is. That's we kind of have a little bit of, like what what does it mean to be good as a hero is it doing getting the job done or is it to be more as a beacon of hope and i think that's where the difference could lie is like you can get the job done you could be very skilled at what you do but do you like it what what is the what is the cost of that do people care about you do the people fear you and that's sort of where you sort of lie that little bit of doubts and what possibly can be uh you know, maybe something may turn in the future, but we don't know yet with, with some of these characters. But I think... Have, All right, time go, up. Go. Jeff, your next counter-argument. Yes, yeah, so, so I don't think Endeavor... I don't think Endeavor can ever really be the same kind of, you know, singular symbol of peace like All Might is. Like, I think we'll probably see that as the series goes on with, uh, you know, him now, the Endeavor now being the number one hero and how he probably can't serve that role as, you know, because he is too... Um, despicable in a lot of ways especially on a personal level like knowing what we know about uh his son and his backstory there um so yeah i think he's not going endeavor is not a a great hero like the the best hero and he won't ever be able to be that number one hero who's a symbol of peace but i think he is kind of totally fits in the definition of a good hero and I think that's, you know, like, was the original question, what makes a good hero? And I think he is, a, even though he has tons and tons of flaws, he's not, you know, the role model, he's not the, the perfect hero, but he is a good hero. And I think that's because of his, because of his charisma. Doctor, next counter-argument. Um, yeah, I think that, I think, uh, to some degree, yeah, it, it's then we start to uh, shape what exactly the definition of good is, or at least hero, uh, it, it, it I'm not to say that Endeavor is like he is, he is a bad guy to some extent, but he still gets his job done. He is still a hero. I, I don't think I have really anything else I need to really say about this, but I do feel that having 
I think it, it is that sort of un, like rooting for that underdog part of it that allows me to like get inspired by Deku the more than anyone else. But that's that's more just to the character. It, the character flaws is what makes him good. At least he he starts it, the building blocks to it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really have much else to say for that. But yeah, I, take my time there. Chef counter argument. All right. So, so yeah, I think I think Deku. Just to talk more about Deku, I think he at the current point he he definitely um, inspires everyone around him who, who observes him pushing himself to his limit and seeing how much he pushes himself despite being an underdog, including us, the readers, obviously. But um, but I think you know, like what what he wants to be and needs to be to be like a great hero is to to inspire everyone to kind of. He hasn't reached that point where just people seeing him on TV, just seeing him smile, inspires confidence and intimidates villains. It's kind of like a once people have seen him push himself to his limit, then people are like, "Okay, I, now I understand your thing." But so, like, um, yeah, I think I think he needs to develop a lot of charisma in order to. And like the uh, the reason he initially was doing badly in the license exam was that he wasn't smiling, he wasn't putting forth that demeanor that gave immediate confidence as soon as he entered the room. And I think that's going to be a, a big. Uh, point of his arc going forward. Doctor, your closing argument. Uh, well, uh, I think uh, I, Jeff made a lot of good points. I do, I do, I do agree with a lot in regards to charisma. Does is it like the only factor? No. And is selflessness the only factor? No. I you know I, I do think that there is several things that in, that are involved to become a great hero, and that's really the point of the series. And uh, Deku is slowly getting there and i do hope that the 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 humanistic aspects of him allows him to become something better and to show that everyone can be like deku and eventually become a hero with themselves jeff your closing argument um yeah i don't don't know how much i guess in summary i just i think that there, there are lots of characters that we've seen who have a certain level of selflessness and it's that um and we've seen characters with with uh, with some level of charisma, and it's you know I think we, we're in agreement in that the uh, the thing that is necessary to be the the number one here to be the symbol piece is the combination of both of those and several other factors, obviously. Um, but I think weighing the weighing those two primary factors that we're debating now, I think charisma is the more important one and the one that without the other is still passable. You can still be a good hero without a complete driver selflessness, and I think it kind of that's what makes Deku and All Might special is that they. Not every hero has that complete and utter driver selflessness. So, and I, I think it's unfair to call them not good heroes. They're still good heroes. They're just not the best because they don't have that that extreme level of selflessness that they do. All right, very good arguments. Very well taught out, Doctor. You focused a lot on the fact that Deku has a lot of flaws and he's still growing, but the fact that he's trying so hard is really inspirational for you as a reader. And also that charisma and selflessness aren't the only factors you think that are needed for a hero, and there's several things, and as the series itself proves, you do need the strength to back up your drive for heroism in certain respects. Jeff, your argument was about about charisma and about have the people feeling safe with you being there. And even though Endeavor, as a character, it might be a very unpleasant guy and is questionably not a very good person, he's a good hero in the sense that he does, like, make people feel safe when he's around because he is strong and because he can protect them. 
And you also make a good point that Neku is a very inspirational character, but he needs to be able to inspire everyone. And he isn't quite at that level yet. It's very hard to kind of make a decision between this because you both agree on several points. But I like Jeff's argument about the people need to be able to have fate in a hero. They need to be able to feel safe with that hero around as a symbol, as a protector. And that's a core team of the series. That's what All Might served for the public. He was a symbol of peace and of justice. And he made people feel safe in a society that was rampant with dangerous villains and crime. He made them feel safe. And now the world is feeling the loss of him as a symbol. And there's a huge push for Deku to get to that level where he can replace All Might as that symbol the people need. And I think because Jeff's argument is so tied into that idea that the series is exploring, I think that he's really tapped into what makes a good hero as has been explored by the series in the most pertinent and potent way. So I am giving round one to Jeff Ruberg! I, I can see I can see it on this one. I, I think uh, Jeff really knocked it out of the park with uh, with his arguments. Right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, there was a point where I was like talking about uh, Endeavor's charisma. I was like, Endeavor doesn't actually have charisma, I, I, though. I, I, think, it's... I think it's just like his, he has presence. Right, right. Yeah. It's just, he's intimidating. Yeah. yeah. He, like you and and Sid also like, I think Sid, you summarized my argument better than I actually said it, <laughs> which is like, it's not Endeavor's charisma. It's his like intimidating and like he scares the people. <laughs> yeah. So for a second, I was like, oh, crap. I only have a second left, and I've already... You got it. You got it. Yeah, I think you, you, nailed, you stuck the landing. Awesome. Very strong first round. I'm excited to continue on forward. Now, to note something that I had forgotten to mention with the first round is that all the arguments that we are debating on in this manga fight are listener-suggested arguments. That's right. These are all have all been suggested from fans. And our first round question came from Kenna Piralis from Reddit, as does our second round question. And it's the perfect counterpoint to the first round question. We just discussed all the elements that makes a good hero. But what, gentlemen, makes a good villain? Let's begin round one with Jeff, your opening argument. Sid, round two. Round two, yes. <laughs> Jeff, your opening argument. <laughs> All right, so so I I was thinking about like what makes a good villain, and I think I wanted to, to initially contrast it with Western superhero comics, where the best villains, the most iconic ones in popular culture, are the ones that are basically symbols for, um, you know, like Batman versus the Joker is like chaos versus disorder, or sorry, chaos versus order, and you know, like uh, Superman versus Lex Luthor is you know like selflessness versus capitalism and selfishness, but. But because My Hero Academia is a manga, it has like a singular storyline, doesn't constantly reboot it and all these different timelines, you can have a much better focus on ideals. And I think ideals, individual, not just symbols of like, you know, this represents chaos, but just singular ideals. And think like characters like Stain, who has a, a very idealistic view of heroes, can can make the, mo- the most interesting villains. And that's what I'm interpreting a good villain in My Hero Academia to be, the most interesting, the most thoughtful that cause us to think about the, the structure of heroes the most. All right. Doctor, your opening argument. Uh, I, 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 to, I guess, to jump uh, off of Jeff, it is sort of having a somewhat, uh, the uh, having the hero and the villain kind of be 
two different sides of the same coin really is that sort of you need that balance for it to be a good villain. It's it's tough when you have villains who are just a little bit too over the top and who are just out for world domination. It's they're most of the time they're usually not that interesting. It's having their sort of uh, their ideals. Yes, it really is a, a kind of a major factor into what what makes them. I guess a lot more interesting than others. And it's sort of that almost human, I guess to also to go back to my old argument with the heroes, that humanistic aspect of it is a very flawed that you could like, at one point they could have, it just, it would like it one bad day could have ca- caused this person to become the, the villain that he is. And it could have, it could have veered a different way. It's that's so, that little aspect is kind of what makes the little wrinkles of that is what makes a vil- a good villain. Uh, at least interesting. All right. Tyler. All right, Jeff, your first counter argument. Uh, yeah, so I guess the uh, being being two sides in coin is important, but it also I think that's only um, I, I guess I'd say it's like a, it's a little, it's a limited definition of what I, th- I think there are tons of tons of great heroes that aren't you know the same uh, same side of the same coin. I mean, we get that in my hero academia with you know all for one and one for all. They are two sides of the same coin and everything, but but stain doesn't really have a a counterpoint like a direct oh this stain is the dark version of of blank. He does have a like point where he could have been, you know, like he could have turned at one point. Like he he was on a track to become a hero and then turned to to become whatever he is as Thane. Um, and so so there is that aspect of it. But I, I think the um, I think more important than being a reflection of heroes is is having their own ideals and um, basically, yeah. I mean, I guess we're in agreement in the sense that yeah. they can't just be overarching like, oh, I'm going to rule the world, but. <laughs> Yeah, Doctor, your counter argument. I, I, I think we're kind of almost in full agreement. It, it is that sort of I, the idealism because it is. I think that's one of the best things about uh, Stain you've mentioned because it's sort of his him saying that like, no, I have a goal, I have a thing in mind. It's it's, but I have a reason for it. it it's it, it's the fact that he he is the hero of his own story, and that's what that's what fascinates me about someone like him where. Uh, if you look at even the League of Villains, they're very one note to some extent. Uh, obviously, uh, Shigaraki is sort of becoming that, eventually to become that giant supervillain, but he's not there yet. Obviously, All for One is a lot more <laughs> charismatic, uh, to, I guess, to roll back from the from the hero discussion. But I, it is there is sort of a mixed thing. It's just like, it's not just one aspect. Yes, the, the, the one, two sides of the same coin is one part, but I think having the overall like a motivation a lot makes a lot more sense to be uh, a good villain. All right, it seems both of you guys are on the same level in terms of these arguments. So I'm going to add in a new element of this debate. Originally, Kenneth Priyalis' question asked for us to use Shigaraki and overall as contrast in what makes a good villain. And I want you guys to start using those characters as contrast and debate what makes a good villain on those lines. Jeff, I want you to debate on why Overhaul is a good villain. And Doctor, I want you to debate on why Shigaraki is a good villain. Alright, so... So, so, uh, so I'm going to defend Overhaul as a good villain, but I think the easy way for me to do that is to tear down, tear down Shigaraki. <laughs> at, least, at, least, yeah. <laughs> at least the the current moment, um, Shigaraki is kind of defined by his the the fact that he is um, being molded. That he currently 
is still a man child and no puppet um, isn't no puppet <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and whereas overhaul is very much like coming in with, with full confidence and he's like i have a plan i have i don't think we we, have, we don't have a clear sense of what his ideals are yet so it's, it's hard for me to like argue because that is my, my thesis for what makes a good villain i don't really know what his ideals are um but i, I get the sense that he has them and we just, we just don't know yet and um and i guess i'm curious to see what they are whereas shigaraki like i think we kind of get the sense that he doesn't really have ideals he's just being groomed to be the next one for all or all for one yeah all right doctor your counter argument why didn't he give me stain? Um, <laughs> it's, I, I think it, that's uh, with Shigaraki, it is sort of, at least he's getting to become that evil villain that his father is, it wants him to be. And yes, he has a goal, uh, it, it, which is, I mean, it's, it's very one note, but it is about taking down All Might. And to some extent, yeah, it, it, it happened. It wasn't his doing, but I think he's trying to find his place in the overall scheme of the world. And I think that's, if anything, probably the most dangerous because him not having a goal means he can pretty much do anything. So I, I do like at least a sense of uh, just a spontaneity I, I, that could possibly come out of him. Uh, and I, I know I said that working correctly. Uh, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I think that's all right. Jeff counter argument. Um, I guess, I guess I'll just build up, build up overhaul more. Cause I think he is, his design is one of the, I mean, especially compared to Shigaraki cause Shigaraki I think is, you know, certainly super effective as a, um, like it's just, it's just really weird, creepy horror, all the hands and everything. But overhaul is so normal it's like chilling like he, he like just visually just is a normal dude with a like a plague doctor mask and it is um it kind of like subtly calls back to to um imagery that of well i don't know when play doctor masks originated but i think people kind of have like a world war ii vibe i'm not actually sure i'm gonna stop talking about that because i don't know what i'm talking about but anyway um and it it's just it's really chilling and they have that motif with all the with his other subordinates and I think that makes him so much more intimidating because he's just like, he's not in some fancy getup. He's just a normal dude walking around. And that just shows tons and tons of confidence. Okay. Doctor, your counter argument. I mean, if you want to talk about design, I think at least this guy has it in spades. I, I think it's, it's unique. And for him to be just covered in hands is something, it's a very, uh, the horror motif, it, it really, they really capture it with, with his design. And really, it's if you want to talk about him intimidating, he like putting him in front of other people. Yeah, he is intimidating, especially if he's if he doesn't have his hands out in front of him. That one time that he had Deku held up was probably the most oh chilling moment in in the in the manga prior to like several of the other events that happened later on. But it's uh, if we're just breaking down design, yeah, it is simple. But when you say when you put him a regular dude in front of this guy, you think that's a bad guy, that's a villain. Uh, but that's but I'm, if you were just arguing with aesthetics, that's pretty much all my argument for or like my defense for Shigaraki. You just look at that guy and you think, okay, yeah, he is a bad dude. All right, Jeff, your closing argument. Okay. Um. Yes, yeah, so a closing argument. I'll tie back into the original question of what makes a good villain, and and also overhaul. And I think it's important to look at how overhaul 
comes from this uh, dying institution of Yakuza. And he is, for some reason, the, the what seems to be the last remnant of them. There, there, there's something to that. Like, why, if all the Yakuza have fallen, why is he the one that has remained? And I think that will ultimately come down to his ideals once we, we learn fully what they are. Um, we know he has big goals. We know he's intimidating. We know he's, um, like, the first real obstacle. We've seen the League of Villains threatened by him so much more than they were when they were continu- they've been continuously defeated by the heroes and every time they seem to just be okay let's work on the next plan but up against overhaul up against his his yakuza organization they are much more threatened i think that shows his effectiveness and his influence over the story going forward all right doctor your closing argument Shigaraki will eventually become the big bad it, it's it's obviously written in the stars the way the, the series is going but how he gets there is really uh, it, it will be a journey. It, it will be a journey to see where it is. It's in him following along with Deku to 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 eventually achieve their goals is really at least somewhat the more interesting parts of uh, of My Hero Academia. And I do I, I do think that he will eventually get there once he gets through all of his childish behavior. Once he once he learns his place and understands what he needs to do, he will be there. But until then, we have people like Overhauled uh, and Stein to really look forward to. <laughs> All right, that's the match. Colton, I want to hear your opinion on these arguments first. That's a, that's a tough one. Because uh, I, at first, I I will admit, I thought that, uh, I thought it was a bit unfair that Sid gave um, Jeff the option to argue overhaul over Dr. Do you know why I did that? It's precisely because of their initial arguments. Jeff was arguing that the most interesting villains are the ones with big ideals, and we don't know what overhaul's ideals are yet. And Dr. was arguing that the best villains are ones with great motivation and were like the best, you know, the most interesting goals. So I gave him Shigaraki because he said that he didn't find the League of Villains interesting in their motivations and goals. So I precisely wanted to see how they would argue a character that represented the opposite of what their initial arguments were. Now, okay, so I I understand the motive now that, that, that Sid, this is is why you're the judge. Uh, This is why you're the host of all the fights, not me, because I I never would have thought of it like that. See, if, if I were in Doctor's shoes, I'd be pissed because I'd be like, how do I argue that? <laughs> um, I, I really, I really wasn't expecting. Uh, I was, I was, I was expecting Doctor to kind of have a hard time, but he he did bring up some good points that even I was kind of like, oh, okay, I didn't think about it like that. So I, I was kind of rooting for him a little bit. But uh, I think overall, I I thought both made somewhat compelling arguments for both villains, um, especially since we know so much about them in one aspect, but are kind of lacking in information on the other uh, with both cases. So t- turned out very interesting. I don't know personally who I would who I would pick this round because I I find myself kind of agreeing with both of their arguments. I thought they both made good enough arguments personally. I put you guys in a challenging position because you had to argue characters that were in many ways uh, reflected the opposite of what you were initially arguing for. But both of you pulled off very strong defenses of both Overall and Shigaraki. And that makes my job as a judge even more harder. <laughs> so I have to think about like how well you argued these characters in conjunction with your opening arguments. And I think that the best argument was made 
by Doctor because he started out just bounding on the idea that the best villains are ones that are really good parallels to the hero. And you can see them walk the tin line between hero and villain. And Shigaraki is, in much respect, a great parallel to Midoriya. In that he, in the same way where Midoriya is growing into the role of filling All Might's footsteps as a great hero, Shigaraki is still growing into the fall of the footsteps of All for One and becoming a great villain. And Doctor was arguing that Shigaraki will become the big bag at some point, but he has growing to do until he gets there, and that's what makes him very interesting. And the fact that he doesn't have a clearly defined goal right now, that he's still figuring himself out, is what makes him so fascinating and dangerous in comparison to Deku, who has a very well-defined goal of what he wants to be. So I am giving round two to Doctor! Cool. As, as soon as you said the two sides of the same coin thing, I was like, oh crap. Like I, when I wrote I, in my notes, I wrote down ideals as my point for this one as my like topic. But then like, I realized like, oh crap, no, I'd, I had, I wanted to revise like before I was like, oh wait, what I want to talk about is like having a like, parallel, having, having the same kind of ideals, but flipped or something like that. Yeah. And then I like forgot to write that down. I was like, no, oh crap. That's what I meant to write. <laughs> <laughs> those are, I was going to say, those are still better notes than, um, See, do you remember when Maxi was on? We were arguing Toriko yeah. how um, what was it? Was that one question where you guys have to come up with like Toriko live actions or whatever the cast or whatever? Yeah, and it's like uh, I was going to say Jeff's notes are still better than what Maxi had written down because all Maxi had written down was Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh. That's pretty good. All right, are we ready to move on to round three, gentlemen? I think so. Um, I just want to mention, Plague Doctors aren't a World War II thing. I don't know what I was saying. I, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, well, oh. I like the only thing I could compare with the mask is uh, is this wrestler called Marty Squirrel. So uh, that's the only thing I have. And his literally his te- his moniker is the villain. So it's that's mm. my only connection to it. See, it's, it, that's funny because when I see when I see those plague masks, the first thing I think of is that I, cause I'm pretty sure those are in Berserk as well. Oh. Mm-hmm. So 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 like I've I've always been meaning to like look up where those come from and I just always forget to. I think there was like a video game that I saw them in that makes me think of World War Two imagery, but but yeah, they definitely come from like the 1600s as like a yeah. like thing that doctors would, would wear to like prevent themselves from getting plague while treating people who had plagues. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. I, I would I would not I would not be surprised if those were from medieval yeah. times. Honestly, mm-hmm. that. That that makes sense to me, but I'll have to do some research on that later. Those are actually pretty interesting. Yeah. But let's get on to round three. This question comes from Love and Stuff from Reddit, who asks, which character in the series is criminally underused? Doctor, your opening argument. Ooh, wow, this is a tough one. So uh, looking through the entire cast of characters, I kind of end up looking back as to like, oh man, I'd like to see more of this person, and we never really got as much. We got moments. But sometimes I'm like, uh, I usually root for uh, a lot of the female characters, especially when it comes to the shonen genre. Um, I would argue uh, it's it would probably be Momo. I think uh, having this very crazy ability of just being able to create things is endlessly fascinating. And th- there are times where she just never really gets a chance to really shine. There were small moments, but not enough to where like, oh man, I wish I could do more. But 
you know that that's for me i think if it was a character that i feel like is could be used a lot more i would probably go with momo all right jeff your opening argument okay so i just want to start off by like you scroll through the list of characters there are so many characters it's and they, many. it's it, it's <laughs> also just like the character design is is so great like so like there's so many of them look fascinating and it's it's really hard to choose one that you're like that is the one I want to see more because I want to see more of all of them. I mean, like in the recent arc of the, the recent chapters of the manga where we got to see more of Kirishima, I I think it was maybe I think I think it was this podcast I was re-listening to um, the the My Hero Academia the general discussion where, where I think someone mentioned how like Bakugo and Kirishima look so similar and it's like oh, yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah. But but like but like now now that we've gotten some chapters like uh, I think showing Kirishima more, it's like I, I'm like oh I used to think that and now I'm like no he's totally different. Yeah. Like and and I think that's like this, this series the potential for all of these characters. Um, but the one I'm going to single on because this is a podcast and because I love podcasts, I listen to like I like subscribe to like 500 different podcasts is um, uh, the Headphone Girl. Jiro, ah. uh, Kyoko Jiro, because I wish I could have headphones in my ears permanently <laughs> attached. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, counter argument, Doctor. I, I would look, honestly, uh, Jiro would have been my second choice uh, on the thing. I think it was just like the idea of like the headphone stuff was like a very silly idea, uh, like really silly, silly power that I I think I had imagined at one point or another. But no, I think uh, uh, the creation ability it was is sort of like how she, Momo can just make things i i almost like i think it's just like this common rider aspect in my head where i'd be i'd imagine i could build up like this suit of armor made of different materials and stuff and be able to like fight with it or like trying to think of like uh, like a ridiculous like i don't know like giant robot or something it's it's obviously there's limits to the way she can work that stuff but it, it's imagining the possibilities with that with some creativity of, and obviously she's sort of so am I unsure with herself to know uh, to to some extent? I think that's what really knocks her down a bit. But I think like giving her a little bit more to work with, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just here to diversify the bonds and just like let some let some chicks have some fighting, uh, some more fights. Is all I'm saying. Uh, all right, time up. All right, Jeff, your counter argument. Okay, I'm going to get aggressive. I'm going to take this down. Um, oh, boy. So, so <laughs> Momo's power is limited by her, her knowledge, which means she is susceptible to many kinds of attack that could limit her knowledge. They could erase her memory. They could cause her to... Uh, there could be, a, like, a, a dominating quirk. Um, there are so many ways that she is vulnerable that headphones are not. Headphones, unless she's going up against a, a new iPhone that doesn't have a headphone port, she can take down everyone. And... Um, <laughs> and her power is versatile. It's it's cool. It's it's an interesting aesthetic. Um, she, and, and also just like looking at their their current screen time and screen time, you know, I mean, yeah, read time, whatever, whatever they've been present. Um, Momo's had some some decent moments of time. We've, we've seen some of her arc. Um, Jiro has has been there, has done stuff like in action panels, but I don't think we've really seen much of her character, and she definitely hasn't had an arc yet. And I think she's um, definitely deserving of an arc going forward. All right, Doctor. Your next counter-argument. Okay, so we, I guess we're going to be a little more aggressive. Okay, who... <laughs> oh, headphones, come on! Uh, uh, I, I, I think the, the idea of, like, what, like at least having that whole sound ability kind of would work. I guess it's... I mean, I think it's... It's not so much that she has, like, headphone jack ability. It's more like... I think most of her creativity is just, like, like shooting sound at people, is which is, like... I guess it's... It's it's sort of sort of interesting. I I don't know. I I I, I guess she hasn't. Maybe it is the probably the lack of stream time that along with the moment that is probably why I never really found much interest in her. Um, 
it was it's a cola belly, but damn, this is not enough. And uh, I, yeah, I, got, I don't think I also I don't know what else I could really say about uh, about <laughs> about Jira, but um, but yeah, check it, check Momo out. She's she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, your next counter argument. Oh, I just, I just want to um, preach the the gospel of Jiro more. Um, she, so her power. I'm just reading the description from the uh, My Hero Academia wiki, um, and the device they amplify the sound and vibration of her heartbeats. So, I think there's lots of interesting potential there with it being focused on her coming from her heart. There's lots of potential arcs that could take. You know, with about, you know, maybe she has a crush on someone, and that crush makes you know, like she can't control her powers during class because she's so much in love. She's doing the love dub sound effect, and um, or maybe she's in the middle of a fight and like she um incapacitates someone accidentally because she has a crush on someone. Um, I don't know. I don't want to just reduce a female character's arc to being about romance. So I'm gonna veer off of that track. And it could be about many other things. It could be um, just like generally related to her heartbeat and her emotion. And I think that's a great potential for an arc to go there, exploring her character and getting character development if it is tied into her emotion, her, her power being tied into her emotion. Okay. Doctor, your next counter argument. I mean, if we're now if we're going to fantasy book more of the more of the series, if we want to give Momo some more stuff to do, I think having being able to cooperate with people, being very smart, kind of allows her to eventually maybe maybe build her up to be maybe the cla- the next class rep who knows that could possibly that could maybe maybe that happen if if she's given a little bit more confidence enough to be able to do that i would like if she if if she has a little more of a prominent role or at least somewhat of a a leader role in the series if uh, if they have to do like splitting teams up or what have you um if if that's could be a possibility i would like to see more of that but uh, that's that's we'll have to see for that i guess so that's pretty much all I can say right now. All right, Jeff, your next counter argument. So just uh, preaching the gospel of Jiro some more. Um, she, <laughs> like when we look at the the class one uh, A and looking at the the hero exam, and you see this uh, like in the in the sports special arc, you see the characters who are in the um, the general course and in one B who didn't who didn't rank as well, and you see kind of like oh he can understand like their quirks aren't as good, they, they don't have as much of a leg up as like some of the characters who've been introduced in one A and grown to love. They have like really powerful quirks like they they've kind of been granted these special abilities that make them so much better than everyone else but like all she has is like headphones that let her like amplify sound like it's not she must have tons of potential to be able to use that really effectively and to rank well in the test and to to basically like be placed high enough that despite having what like on paper seems like a kind of like eh quirk whereas momo her quirk is like so amazing she didn't even have to take the test she just was given a recommendation and got into class. Like she's had everything served on a silver platter that she probably made herself. Whereas Jiro has. All right, time up. Jiro makes her own headphone plates. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doctor, your closing argument. But she made that plate. Okay, well, that's the reason why you got to love Momo. Like she, she could do a lot of stuff, and that's why it's hard for me to not root for this girl. And I want to see her do more. Obviously, if you do make some good points with Jiro, she does. She is underutilized to 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 some extent, and I do feel it. You know, I I I I'm picking up what you're laying down. Okay, I get it. But I feel like Momo has the the personality that could possibly be. She made she made cheerleader outfits at one point. I don't know why. Because that's just like she's just fun, <laughs> she's fun like that. Like that. Like I can't I can't help but root for her. Um. But yeah, I think uh, Momo, uh, maybe best girl. Who knows? 
Uh, we'll have to see when that question comes up, but uh, I will say this. <laughs> I, 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 I root for her. That's all I can say with that. Um, all right, Jeff, you got one last chance to preach the gospel of Jiro. Make it a good one, brother. So I'm going to close by um, looking at an aspect of characters that I'm not sure many people in the English fandom know about, which is that their their names and kanji have lots of fun kanji puns. Some of them are obvious, like uh, Tetsu, 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 Tetsu is just steal, 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 steal. Um, but um, looking at, uh, so uh, Momo Yarazu, um, her name just like, Yarazu means like a great uncountable number. And like, it's like, okay, I guess she can make lots of stuff. That's not really that funny of a pun. That's not that great. Whereas uh, Kyoko Jiro, her pun is that um, her name contains the kanji for ear, um, sound, reverberation, and incense. I'm not sure what incense, incense is anyway. But like the, the ear and sound thing is cool because that ties into her theme and that's what, what she's about. Um, that's much better than the like lots of stuff, I guess. And I, th- I think it's cool to be defined by ears and hearing and sound much more than it's to be defined by eh, lots of stuff. <laughs> that's my argument. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's the match. Colton, I want to hear your opinion on these arguments first. Well, um, my opinion is that I think you guys both chose the wrong answer. <laughs> I, pers- I, I personally feel like, and, and hear me out on this, I think a lot of people will agree that I think probably the most underutilized character in My Hero Academia is probably Mineta. Mm, you know, like why, why, why can't we, why can't we have more Mineta? You know, like I wanna, I wanna see more of his wacky antics. I wanna, I wanna see him get like a, like a, 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 a side story in like a Psycho yes. Jump or whatever magazine. <laughs> Man, I don't Mineta know. Dead, he should have yeah. his own. Man, it's spin-off. a good thing you yes. weren't debating, Colton. <laughs> you would have lost handedly. You know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I totally would have gone with like a joke answer. I would have gone with Mineta or Invisible Girl. So. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be a fun thing. To I mean, I don't know if you can add it to the speech. Round, but like forcing us to defend characters that everyone hates because <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be fun we should do that sometimes yeah but uh i mean just to judge this round my personal opinion is that yagurosu has been more utilized than jiro has but i have to base this on the arguments here and so doctor's argument is that uh, Yayurosu's ability is very fascinating, and it has a lot of potential for some crazy things, but she hasn't really had a big moment yet, which could be debatable, but Jeff didn't really bring up the moments she has had. His argument was focused on Jiro, and he it was about some more uh, sillier things oftentimes, like, I, I like headphones, I want headphones in my ears... <laughs> Uh, but, but but Sid, but Sid, she, name she has con- a funnier pun or whatever. Her name contains the kanji for ear. It's cool. She's defined by sound and hearing. It's, there are a lot of fun things about Jiro that Jeff argued about, but he didn't really like, the only time he really mentioned that Jiro is more underutilized than Yaoyorozu is when he said Momo has had more screen time than Jiro, but he didn't really focus on that. I think, Jeff, you would have made stronger arguments if you had really attacked, like, uh, <laughs> Doctor's point that Yairose hasn't had moments in the series yet because she mm. has, you know, I think she has had quite a few moments. She had, had, she's had, like, a few chapters devoted to herself. Like, in the end of term test, there was an entire chapter, like, devoted to her self-confidence issues. So while I personally feel that Jiro is a more underutilized character, I think Doctor made a stronger argument for why Yaoyorosu should be more utilized and the potential of her character. So I am giving round three to Doctor! Yeah, Momo also means peach. 
and <laughs> she's underage, so I can't make that joke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, also, Coco's birthday, Jiro's birthday is August 1st, which is an important day in the Digimon fandom, so, you know. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just say I'm, I'm disappointed that there's not enough mud slinging. You guys need to sling more mud. You guys need to fight dirtier. Uh, yeah. Maybe the last one was a lot more mud slinging than the other one. On this one it was it was hard with the first two because i was like i think we're 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 like actually in agreement we're just trying to like yeah, argue for the for the sake of the for format. our for our psyche but it's yeah. just like but i think the the, the overhaul shiragi one i think that was a little bit more easy to probably sling hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but i was on the wrong side so i couldn't do anything <laughs> I, I think i was in the wrong side. I, I think i much prefer shigaraki so yeah maybe. all right well You've got another chance with the next question. This one comes to us from Dr. Katsuken on Animation Revelation, who asks, Midoriya and All Might aside, which MHA hero would be the most interesting to follow in their own comic book style solo series? Oof. Round four, start. Doctor, your opening argument. Okay, I had to look through an entire list of people that I felt... I think not so much underutilized, but I felt like I could have been cool with watching a full series. And I usually go back to, like, who, who would probably be, like, usually the teacher. And, like, things like I've mentioned before, like, how, how Naruto, like, how this is a kind of a somewhat sil- a better version of Naruto. My uh, my opening statement would be I would actually be cool with what's seen in Eraserhead Gaiden. I uh, kind of see, like, maybe before he became a teacher, him learning how to use his quirk. And it's sort of like, it's amazing how, it's a very broken ability, but how you can use it it is so much more fascinating. And I would have loved to see like a lot of his backstory and how he became where he is now, which is somewhat miserable as a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jeff, your opening argument. Before we start my opening argument, can I just get a clarification? Because I, I, um, like the question I wrote down, I'm wondering if you, did you read it word for word from what you sent us? Like, is it, um in their own comic book style solo series? Yes. Okay, cool. Just, sorry, wanted to confirm that. All right, he's uh, starting now. All right, so so I had I had lots of uh, things I couldn't decide between, um, and if I were to pick a, a general Gaiden side story kind of thing, I would have had lots of higher picks. Uh, my number one pick would have been Bakugo's mother, because I think that would be a great story. <laughs> and um, But, but the, the question we got, the question we got was, to follow in their own comic book style solo series... And mm-hmm. that comic book style, I think, is one of the most important aspects of it. And I'm going to refer to the, the source material for the strongest argument here, which is uh, Todoroki. And Deku, when he, uh, I guess when they, they're confronted during the sports festival, says this is the kind of character who would be the star of their own comic book style story. So um, I think that gives me canonically the best answer and <laughs> objectively correct. Um, but I also think it'd be really interesting. I mean, he's, he's there's a lot of potential to see from his perspective, to see... Um, Maybe more in depth the the backstory what happened between with him and his parents and his lots of potential there. All right, Doctor, your counter argument. I would argue that we already seeded in Naruto Shippuden where Sasuke having to fight his brother, <laughs> and that's kind of what we got with Todoroki. Uh, but no, um, no, I think that that's the thing with uh, uh, with uh, with Todoroki is that like he he's too much of another shonen protagonist that I felt like. In some ways, like yeah, they could have they could have almost veered to that direction with with this series, but luckily they didn't. But yeah, I think it's 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 too obvious. It's too on the nose for having a uh, a solo series with him. Well, 
at least with the Eraserhead and how his backstory, or at least a little bit more, I, you know, I would have been fine to watching a little bit of like, what does a hero teacher have to do in his regular day job? What does he do? Does he, how many papers does he have to write? Like, we don't know about that. Nobody knows the story about teachers. Teachers get a, don't ha get a fair shake in this country. I, we, <laughs> there needs to be a story about them. All right, Jeff, your counter argument. All right. I think that's an interesting story, but but it's, it's not comic book style. It doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't remind us of, you know, like superhero comics and this kind of standard narratives. And I think a, I think there's lots of potential for, for stories about Todoki that we haven't seen. And, um, before he, before he enters the school and, you know, we saw some of his backstory with his parents, but he could have lots of adventures inserted in there. He could have, um, you know, one thing that'd be cool. Cause we don't want to see his, like, is he tempted to the dark side? Like Sasuke thing. Cause like, Oh, I mean, that's kind of done before. Like we, we got a better story of that with, with Bakugo, being quote unquote tempted to the dark side and resisting and be like, no, hell no, I don't want that. Um, that's <laughs> I think it's much more interesting. But maybe Todoroki, like before he joined the high school in his um like middle school days was temp was, was like decisively on the dark side because of the abuse that he received from both of his parents. And maybe we could see the story of how he came to reject that before the point of the series. Um that would be interesting. All right, Doctor, your next counter argument. So Razorhead still has a lot of I would have liked to see because having Eraserhead, the Eraserhead Gaiden story, you could have also seen some, maybe some of the early times of some of the other characters. I mean, obviously, All Might is sort of like, they're very clashing personalities, obviously, given the way they, they, that they interact with each other. So it would have been nice to see like those early days of like him being around All Might. I wonder if it would have be funny to be like, imagine this, that sort of like him accidentally um, using his powers on All Might and suddenly seeing who he actually is, even though it's sort of public knowledge by the teachers of organization, but uh, I, I would have liked, we would like to see that. There's still other characters he, we don't know about. We would like to see the younger days of some of the top heroes. It would have been a cool idea to see, to go with that. And more, obviously, with him. I think you see he's a very comparable fighter. He could even, like, it, during the, uh, the, 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 the USJ stuff, you got to see him fighting a ton of people, and you wonder, like, man, I would have loved to see how he was back in the day, just just learning his powers. Uh, all right, time up. All right, Jeff, your next counter argument. I think a strong aspect to to a series that that focuses on Todoroki would be that it wouldn't have to just be Todoroki. It could, you know, like have we could get backstory into to both of his parents on their own in their own stories, which would much more each of the each of their um, like endeavor like following endeavor for a little bit, not as a whole thing, because it would you know mostly be about about his son. But we could get like a couple chapters backstory kind of thing, and I think that would be much more like a comic book style series and but it would also be super fascinating to get more backstory on endeavor and his mom and to see kind of like how their personalities were before they met and we know it was like an arranged marriage what that kind of what that was like and you know i'm just more curious to see about personality from his of his mom without the the context of the marriage and everything so I think a lot of people will be interested in that. All right, Doctor, your next counter-argument. Well, I mean, to go back to the thing that because we mentioned about like it's supposed to be like comic stuff, and that I, I would also point out, if you look at stuff that Image has put out, they, they are very counter the norm when it comes to comics in general. I mean, there's plenty of other indie comics that do delve into silly, sillier things. I, I know I've read... Uh, 
a comic that's about like a pro, a pro, like a washed up pro wrestler. Like it's some something can be it, you can make anything interesting, and that's what the magic of comics is about. And like just having this teacher, at least knowing about him and seeing his regular day to day job. And let's not forget, he's still a superhero. Like it's so it's not just that 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 like the teacher bi- paperwork thing. There is a superhero ness about it. So like let's not ignore that part. Um, and so. That's pretty much where I wanted to at least uh, I wanted to at least jump on that before the time was up. Okay, Jeff, counter argument. All right. So so doc, so Doctor raises a bunch of valid points about you know like yeah a a story with a razor would be interesting and it's not totally fair for me to say oh it's just not not a comic book style because there are tons of comic books especially nowadays that focus on that more comedic aspect you know like a um, Hawkeye comes to mind of like oh it's his day to day life when he's not in the Avengers and you know it, it yeah there's totally room for that to be to fit in there with Eraserhead. But I think the most important thing is like what kind of fan demand there is. And Eraserhead will be like a, an interesting novel thing. It'll be like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. But Todoroki would be like, oh, pff, yes. I, everyone wants, like, he's more popular in the, char- in the character popularity polls. Um, I think there's more demand for it. I think if they were rival series, one, like if both happened to exist, one would be much more popular than the other. Um, even if, even if you could argue lots of merits, you know, artistic merits of of the uh, Eraserhead one, I think the the popularity from the fandom will be much higher for Todoroki. Okay, Doctor, your closing argument. Are we really here to please the fans? We are here to get money. <laughs> We're here for <laughs> diversify our bonds. We need a if, if anything it doesn't have to be in Shonen Jump. You can you can put on another magazine. Obviously, it could be a lot. You can have a lot more fun with it, and and uh, at least uh, maybe gear it towards maybe an older audience who maybe slowly kind of. Checking out my here at academia. Who knows? It, 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 there are so many venues that this could go through, and so many different ways you could market this series. That I feel like it's it should be an obvious thing. Yes, I get it. He's the popular guy. Todoroki is very popular. Okay, sure, but so was Sasuke. And he didn't get his own manga, so let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. Your closing argument. Okay, so I wanted to close on this note. Um, I just got a text message from David Lynch. Um, he's telling me that uh, we've been sued for copyright infringement of, of Razorhead. So I think we're going to have to move forward with this uh, Todoroki spinoff. Because in Razorhead, it's just not viable. <laughs> um, but also, I wanted to point out, the, the first popularity poll in Japanese Shonen Jump, Razorhead got 378 votes. That, that's a lot of votes. That's a lot of people. Um, Todoroki... 1,987. It's not even a comparison. Money money isn't the only thing, but money is important. All right, that's the arguments. Colton, I want to hear your opinion on these arguments first. I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> because here, here's the thing. Like, I kind of, just, just me speaking personally... I find myself kind of siding with Doctor because, like, I, <laughs> I per- per- personally, I would, I would love to see a, an Aizawa side story thing. I, I would, I would totally love to, like, just explore like his, his, I guess his heyday as a hero before he became a teacher and how he, maybe the origins of how he became a teacher. And I, I would love any opportunity to get to see a young Aizawa and young All Might interacting with each other. Uh, I'm gonna take it. Which, whereas, um, you know, I, I like Todoroki too. Like, I, I think he's an interesting character, and I think he is a better, he is a better take on that, for lack of a better word, Avenger slash Sasuke archetype. 
but I feel like just assuming that, you know, Todoroki gets his own spin-off novel, whatever, I feel like if it's not written by Horikoshi or he doesn't have some kind of involvement in it, I feel like it could go kind of awry. Because I feel like I feel like if it's not written by Horikoshi, then I feel like it could become something a little more I guess I guess something that like, you know, we've seen in other series before and I feel like it wouldn't be as interesting because you don't have the original author behind it. Because I feel like I feel like if anyone else were to handle that story and handle the exploration of Todoroki's past and how he became the person that he is, I feel like it could go pretty wrong and can maybe become pretty rote and pretty boring pretty quickly. So I, I feel like there's more room to mess that up, whereas I feel like there are endless possibilities with, with an Aizawa side story, but that is just my opinion. Well, I'm also leaning towards Doctor, like both you and Jeff, and that's because uh, Jeff argued a lot about Todoroki's being a good star because in the series itself it was pointed out that Deku said that, oh, he's such a classic comic book hero. And Jeff also was, like, talking about, like, it'd be interesting to see Todoroki's middle school days and his family life and stuff. But a doctor's uh, pitch seemed more interesting in seeing, like, uh, what is the daily life of a superhero and teacher? How did Eraserhead become the guy he is now? And, like, how did he become, like, a teacher when he seems like he doesn't really care that much about his job? Uh, and like, you know, kind of seeing the history of some, like, the older heroes, that seems like it has more potential. And he, oh, another thing that really sold me on Doctor's argument is that he refuted Jeff's point that Eraserhead series wouldn't be, like, a good comic book yeah. style solar <laughs> series by bringing up that there are a huge variety of different kinds of, uh, comic book superhero style series that, like, are about all sorts of like premises and silly things and that like an Eraserhead series would fit right into some of those kind of things. So I think that was like a, a counter argument that really sold me also on Doctor's argument. And so I am going to give round four to Doctor! Sweet. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> oh. That was a really interesting discussion, though, I do have to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've had some really good discussions this manga fight. I'm very happy about it. And now, this final question should provoke quite a lot of discussion as well. A lot of interesting, heated discussion. So let's move on to round five! This question comes to us from June Maywell on One Dream Adventure Reborn forums, who asks the question that's been on everyone's minds, who is the traitor? Doctor, your okay. opening argument. This is a tough one. I have thrown plenty of jokes about who could possibly <laughs> be the traitor. Obviously, having Invisible Girl being the primary numero uno. Uh, it, as far as who could possibly be a, like a the actual guy who has been leaking all these formations, I feel like it has to be a, a teacher of some sorts. If someone high up enough that knows enough about the school and what's going on with it, it makes sense. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I would throw some weird one out there. Maybe uh, someone like thirteen. You don't know who he, what who he is. You don't see him obviously with the getup. It's a very and having that ability, the, the the black hole ability, 
is a very dangerous, dangerous ability that I could see be used against plenty of other uh, heroes and uh, how you could fight against them. You don't, it, it, it could be very interesting to see, but it, it is, it is tough. It is, this is a, like, this is, I can almost swing any way, but if I was going to pick one, I'll throw this, over, I'll throw this one out. There is like a weird wi uh, wild pitch curveball thingy. All right, Tyler. All right, Jeff, your opening argument. Okay. I don't, I don't think it has to be someone in the staff of the teachers. I think there's, um, plenty of information that's been leaked that could just be overheard from um from just you know observing these in the school and and someone particularly perceptive could maybe connect dots that some other students wouldn't wouldn't pick up on and i think i think but i think the most important qual the most important determiner determiner in choosing who is going to be the traitor is that it has to be someone who's like dramatically dramatically satisfying if it's if it's a character that we haven't seen before, if it's someone from like Class B who's just been shown shown in the background but not really been expounded on, if it's if it's the the, the shady mind control dude from the general studies program, like those are all um, well the general studies dude is too obvious. The other ones are would be too out of the blue. I think it's someone who's been hiding in plain sight the entire series. It is Tokoyami's shadow. Hmm. All right, Doctor Counter Argument. Um, I mean, I would probably argue as far as like um, how sentient is the shadow itself. Uh, does it have not, I mean I know it does grow wild at times depending on his mood and what have you but it doesn't really like does it have a simple like, is it but at that point would how far does the shadow go is it even uh, is, is it like is it wouldn't it also be attached to Takayami is Takayami even involved in the entire thing that's sort of it's it, it it has some layers of the little you can things you can poke holes in so I mean I, I again I would probably go back to having 13 so almost be somewhat uh, it would be like a, a kind of a slap in the face for for the kids because you see he's the guy who told them like hey don't use your powers for bad things you could possibly hurt some people you know you don't know how dangerous to be this could be and for him be involved in the same situation in the same uh, uh, moment when all these villains show up obviously Eraserhead was also there and uh, but it's it's one of those it's like oh this is this was at least the first moment of something bad happening on his watch so you could all right time up all right jeff counter argument okay so so my my whole uh theory for the traitor isn't just Togami shadow period because yeah there, there are tons of holes you can be important that i think what it is going to be is some kind of memory manipulation or a memory stealing kind of thing that uh, uh, maybe like an unintroduced character we haven't seen so far, but that when we hear like what that kind of quirk does, it would have some kind of obvious, you know, like we would suspect, okay, maybe someone has stolen memories from, from the student or the staff, but we would have noticed. They would have mentioned they don't have memories or they're missing memories or something. Unless it's a character that's kind of has agency, but kind of not. And like, we don't know the full details of Tokiomi Shadow and like how much agency it has, but Tokiomi does talk to it it seems to have its own personality, and I think that I think there's plenty of room there for like something suspicious to happen, and Tokiomi to just not suspect it because it's like, well, my shadow like never really fully cooperates. You know, like at night when he's when he's sleeping, it, it kind of like when when there's darkness, he doesn't he doesn't have much control over it. So, lots of potential there. All right, Doctor Counter Argument. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm still going by the fact that we have teacher high up it there are so many other secrets that could have been said but that we don't know about i think that's one of the things we also have to be wary as well like, unless the thing like loose talk 
there is um, there like you can you can also argue like like how how valuable is loose talk? I mean, maybe the shadow could go everywhere. I guess you could probably argue that, but it 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 seems a little bit more far fetched, and it even it's even also limited how far it could go because I know that the whole light and darkness thing also is a factor in how far it could possibly be used. So there, there is some limits to that. And like, it's not often like the teacher's going to be talking about something important late at night when Takayami is also there and how far does that reach? It's, it's, it's hard to really gauge that. And it's hard to really be able to support that. So I still would lean towards someone like 13 is like, it, it could be, could be manipulating stuff in the background. We don't know yet. I think that's what's, what's all right, Tyler. All right, Jeff. Counter argument. So, so I'm just going to tear down, tear down this thirteen argument. So the the main things pointing to thirteen in particular are that um, there's more evidence pointing to a teacher than a student, which you know incriminates a whole range of people, at, at least fifteen different uh, staff or teachers we've seen so far, and that he thirteen is shady because they have a mask on. Um, but like lots of characters have masks. That's not. Um, and and most characters have masks of some form in the hero costume, but then, you know, we see them with their masks off. So, you know, there's something to that. But also, none of the other staff suspects him or suspects them because of not seeing what they look like under the mask. They, they all, it's not like a thing that's raised in universe of like, they seem shady because we don't know what they look like under the mask. So I think there's something we don't quite know about, like, they, they trust them for some reason. And I think it would be dramatically unfulfilling for them to just be wrong to have trusted them the whole time because of that. And I think the most important thing we can use to guessing is what will be dramatically satisfying. So, All right, Doctor, your counter-argument. Well, I mean, if we're talking about just... I think having a traitor be amongst a group of people, there has to be some level of comeuppance. I would have hoped so. But So if the shadow is then uh, the the person behind all this, what 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 is the result of it it's just like oh yes it's a shocker left field out of the blue kind of thing i get that but then what happens then now i'm assuming that then you have takiyami feeling probably the most like uh, judgmental about everything about like he's the one that he feels like the fall guy after all of this and not even be involved in it and then what do they do to just hold the shadow they hold takiyami they what do they do with that there's no real i mean there is no payoff to the to 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 the betrayal I think that's where I would probably argue that. Yes, I understand. It's a, it seems shady, like, like a quote, a quote unquote shady that, that, <laughs> I'm, that, I, that I'm saying just because the guy has a mask that we don't know anything. Yes, and also plenty of people have masks, but there's still some level of just like there has to be somewhat. There's just a, a little bit of logic that I could. Uh, that's enough for me to uh, point to someone like Thirteen as being the actual traitor after everything. But that. All right, time up. All right, Jeff, your counter-argument. All right, so, so I think for the sake of this for this argument and manga fight, it's not enough to just say, likely, blank. So I think mm. um, any argument that concludes, well, someone like 13 isn't strong enough for this, and I think there's is enough evidence among the students that Tokiyami is, ha- has the most... Um, the dynamics of having a, like, a sentient second body that could be tampered with without the student directly noticing, I think puts a lot more suspicious on him than anyone else in much more than just like, Oh, well someone like 13. Um, but yeah. And I also think that, um, my hero academia isn't really a story about a character. Like I, I don't think that my hero academia is going to go in the direction of there was a betrayer. They were super evil. 
they get their comeuppance. They're like kicked out. They're like it shows that like even evil can corrupt the, the or like even the the most uh, pristine of places can be corrupted by evil. I think it is a story instead about how there, there's more optimism and hope in this kind of story. And I think a more fitting route would be for him to be tampered with by someone else who's extracting memories than for it to be direct betrayal. All right, Doctor, your closing argument. Well, I, I, you know, Jeff puts out very strong arguments for um, the shadow. I, you know, I would even argue that is very creative. Um, but we, but there's still a lot to be said about it. We don't know yet. I do think yes. I, I understand that I, I am waffling a bit when it comes to the the character, but I do think at least having one person be the fall guy would be ideal. I think having no real, or at least a concept, it just seems a little bit, a little bit eh. But I understand. I understand where you're coming from, and I get it. And I do, honestly. I do. I just want to see who it is at this point. And if it's if it's thirteen, <laughs> I I would be happy as just like a like full circle kind of thing. But if it's not, you know, I I I'd be. I'll just want to see where. I just want to see where the story goes. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Jeff, your closing argument. All right, yeah. So I, I think. Um, just like taking both these situations, these proposed things as hypotheticals and thinking about how we'd feel from them. And I think the the way we would feel from 13, like if it was revealed to be 13, would be like, oh, wow, like that's surprising, but also surprising in the way that's like, feels pretty standard for the genre. And I feel like Mad Hero Academia is not really a series. It's just done exactly what you would expect from the genre. A lot of people say it's like very shonen shonen, but like when you actually look at the details, like it, it doesn't, you know, quite like subvert. It doesn't like turn everything on its head, but it does like take a slightly different route than what you'd expect. And I think in that, if it were to just use, oh, 13's the, the, the bad guy or someone like 13, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's okay. That That's like, oh, I didn't know it was them. But then later you'd be like, oh, well, okay, that they just did exactly what every other story does. And having it instead be someone who's, you know, like none of the people are actually at fault and they go from suspecting everyone and like being really jealous, like not, not jealous, but like suspicious and like not trusting each other to them being like, wait, we can trust each other. We like inspires what we're hoping is the kind of thing that my hair academia does. So I think. All right. Time up. All right. Great arguments. Colton, I want to hear your opinion first. I feel like while, you know, like doctor said, you, you could poke a few holes in, um, in Jeff's theory I feel like, personally, I find myself leaning towards agreeing with him that I feel like mm-hmm. if, if I had to choose between these two particular characters that I feel like Takoyami would probably be the most likely to probably be uh, the mole, probably, maybe. Um, but I actually, I actually want to pa- posit this out there because uh, Doctor also, uh, I think, mentioned that it has to be uh, most likely has to be somebody with with the most um, dramatic um, weight to him. That was Jeff's oh, argument. Was it Jeff's? Okay, my mistake. I definitely believe Jeff's argument was the strongest as well. Well, well hold on. I, I, was, I, I think that both. <laughs> sorry, okay. sorry. I, I just I just wanted to put out there. Just I I'm kind of now thinking, what if it turns out to be Aizawa? Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I get. I mean, that would be. Dramatically interesting, but based on the text, it seems like a stretch. But uh, just to go off on like and declare the winner here, I think that both uh, Thirteen and Tokiyama's Shadow are equally implausible <laughs> choices. But Jeff's argument that what would be the most dramatically satisfying and what would be the most unexpected and surprising in that, like Tokiyama's Shadow 
being the mole would get the most emotional reaction because Tokuyami is a character that we have come to learn about and have come as readers to trust a lot more and in the series is trusted by the fellow students a lot so for his shadow to be the mole to be the one that's leaking the information that has a lot of dramatic potential both in like turning everyone's trust against Tokiyami and Tokiyami also having self-guilt about like something that he wasn't even aware of so I think in terms of what has the most potential and also who argued uh, their choice best. I think that the winner of round five is Jeff Ruberg. There we go. Yeah, honestly, but the overall winner of the debate round, with three to two, is <laughs> Doctor. At the moment you pointed out the shadow, that clicked. Honestly, that 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 <laughs> that, that would be really really cool. I, I, like as soon as you've thought it, I was like, "Damn it, he's gonna win this one." Yeah, I do agree. I think I think there are holes, and I think like for it to work, there needs to be like, like I don't think it's just like the shadow being evil. You know, it's like, oh, the shadow is actually evil. But I think like because mm-hmm. we've seen like the the guy who can, can who mind control people. Yeah. But like there was a cost to it that like if someone was mind controlled, they would notice. Right. And I think there's something like that where it's like some some other power to extract information where you would notice otherwise. But because it's like this, not really a full character, people wouldn't notice. I don't know. That's just yeah. No, that works. Yeah, that works. we're still so much in the dark though that we're kind of just throwing things at random at the wall. I think. Yeah, it's an interesting like suggestion for mm. sure. It'd be funny if it was Recovery Girl. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a lot of fun choices you could think about of who could be the traitor, but. I think we have completed the debate round, and now we can move on to the speed round. Yeah, this is where things get a little mudsy. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is where things really heat up and get expedited. Alright, let's begin with the first match of the speed round. This question comes from Electro Dragonfly on Reddit. Who suggested if we really wanted to start a fight, guys, who is best girl? <laughs> uh, Jeff, your opening argument. Um, hold on, let me find. I did not write this note down. Okay, um, 20 seconds. I think best girl is Bakugo's mom. No, no, for, for real, it's the frog girl. Definitely frog girl. Frog girl's most popular. Everyone loves frog girl. All right, doctor, opening argument. See you. All day, every day. Wait, wait, but I. <laughs> Frog girl. We can't agree. No. All right. We can agree. I can't agree. <laughs> but, that, but that's the truth. It's the truth. There's only one answer. Jeff, do you even have a counter argument? Uh, I don't know what hap- what happens now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you both agree on the same character. Uh, I, I, yeah. Frog. Uh, you chose. You chose Suyu. Doctor chose Suyu. Who else is terrible? At- <laughs> Everyone else sucks. <laughs> You know, guys, fuck off. It's Invisible Girl. <laughs> oh, snap. Okay, like... okay, both of you, both of you have to argue against Colton. Okay. Oh, Jesus. You'll both, each, both... If you win against Colton, you'll each get a point. Okay, both, both of you will get 20 seconds to make your opening argument. All right. Then Colton will have 20 seconds to make his. All right. All right. Jeff and Doctor, begin why Suyu is the best. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that, that, is that it? 
I have another Colton. You, your counter argument. Okay, fine. Um, Invisible Girl. Um, she's pure. Um, she's a girl. Um, she has a great gag, and she has a thousand comedic possibilities. Um, and we even got to see her nude one time. I mean, come on, guys. Like, you know, we. Yeah, that's my argument. There, beat that. All right, Jeff and Doctor counter argument. Uh, so you, she's she's the perfect mix of like cute, but also but also strange. And I think the fact that she's resonating with so many people is a great testament to to human nature. And I think she represents everything that humanity should be. And she's not upright. She she she's hunched over a little bit. She's not she's not perfect. She she has her flaws. Everyone loves the flaws. Everyone loves the the frogginess. Uh, All right, time. Yep. Colton, your counter argument. Um. I no, I give up. I'm sorry. It's too. Weird. <laughs> I, I, don't, I literally, I literally used all my ammo in my, in my, in my. Uh, oh, I have to give it to him. It's to you. Uh, the winners of the speed round are Jeff and Doctor. You. Yeah, this is, this is why I don't today. fight against anyone on manga fights so much anymore because I give up too easily. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like this was a given. Yeah, I mean, if like if I had, like my personal opinion would have been the headphone girl. But then I was like, well, that's not going to be defensible. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. need, to, need, need to be defendable with uh, Frog Girl. All right. But on the flip side, who is best boy, guys? Oof. Second round of the speed round. Start. <laughs> Jeff. Bakugo. It's always been Bakugo. Bakugo is the, has the most interesting arc. He's not what you expect of a bully. But then you grow to be more endeared to him. He became he ranked number one above Deku in the second popularity poll in Japan. Everyone loves him. Everyone doesn't like loving him, but they still do anyway. All right, Doctor, opening argument. Oh, Deku, come on. Like, he, uh, yeah, he's the main character, but goddamn, you got to root for this kid. Like, he, he is, he's lovable. You want, you want him to f- win everything he possibly can, and you want him to become the best. That's what's the, be- what's the best part of it. He's the best boy. All right, Jeff, counter argument. So, so Bakugo has so much more depth. I mean, Deku is like, you know, it's interesting to see his arc, but, but Bakugo has, like, you think, okay, you see him at first, and you're like, oh, he's just an annoying bully. Oh, he's so frustrating, whatever. But then you get to see that he's, he's more than that. You get to see this weird dynamic between him and Deku, where Deku doesn't totally, like, throw him off. He, like, Deku still wants to be his friend. That's, like, weird. You're like, what, what's there to that? What's You want to know more about Time Bakugo up. in a way that you're like, Deku's, eh, everything's on his sleeve. All right, Doctor, counter-argument. Like, look, again, main character, yeah, I get it. But yeah, or that's one dumb little thing that I it's a point out. Like, like, look at all the things that he's done. He has sacrificed himself for everything. Like, all of his body parts. My God, this kid, he is willing to do, uh, he's willing to kill himself for everything that he's that he is doing. Like, how can you not Time you have to be, like, there? yes, there's a lot of layers to that. Okay. All right, Jeff, closing argument. So, so Deku is the, the character that everyone, like, says publicly that they admire, but Bakugo is the one that everyone secretly likes. And that's why <laughs> once, once you have an anonymous poll, everyone votes Bakugo, no one votes Deku. But once you, you know, have a public forum like this, people are like, oh, yeah, I guess I have to vote Deku. But secretly, I'm sure even Doctor wants, wants Bakugo. <laughs> Doctor, closing argument. I will not argue that I actually secretly <laughs> want Bakugo, but uh, <laughs> but I still take over a line there. <laughs> yeah, like, but I still, yeah. I still, I still would argue that Deku, like, my God, you got, like, I can't not, like, he is my, I want to be his best friend somehow. That's all I got to say. That's all I got. All right, I think Jeff, 
very cleanly won that yeah, one. Yeah. He gave most points as why Bakugo is the best is the <laughs> best boy. That he has grown a lot from the character from the bully we saw in the first chapter, and has a lot of depth and nuances to him. And is the character everyone secretly likes, which is supported by him ranking number one, the second popularity poll. Where Doctor went a little more personal, saying that uh, Deku was a character you really wanted to root for. And, like, he's made a lot of sacrifice and he wants to be Deku's friend. But Jeff gave uh, the most convincing argument as to all the reasons why Bakugo is a superior character. So Jeff wins the second match of the speed round. I don't like how that turned out at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good fight. Now let's keep the excitement rolling with, with the third match of the speed round. This question comes up to us from Shagadelic1 on Reddit, who asks, with Kirishima getting quite a bit of focus recently, which characters would you like to see getting their turn in the limelight to develop or just be kick-ass? Jeff, your opening argument. Um, this is kind of a uh, retracing what we mentioned before, but I think uh, Headphone Girl, definitely. I think there's lots of, in the same way with Kirishima, like, how is that going to be useful? There's lots of, we need to see how it's useful, and I think she get needs character development. She hasn't had any yet, and we need to see some more of that. All right, Doctor, opening argument. Uh, Odevaka. Actually, I would go with that because she, like, yes, she is, like, sort of the side, quote, Sakura character, but I think the having a little bit more than that, and yeah, she has, she, you can see little bits of it as she has gone through, like, previous exams, her stuff with her parents. I would like to see more from that, and I would like to see her just, mainly just kick ass. That's mainly my, my where I want to go with her. All right, Jeff, counter argument. Um, I think, I think Uraka gets plenty of screen time. Um, and I think it's inevitable she will get her own stuff, but Headphone Girl is really the one we need to, to campaign for, and so, so I think Uraka is inevitable, but Headphone Girl is what is more necessary. Doctor, kind of argument. I don't think it, it's not really much of necessity. It's it's more like just like the fact that like it it, needs, uh, it having Uraka be better, like at least be a lot more prominent as like as, as in regards to like just the genre as, as a whole. Having someone like her be a lot like at least a bigger in a bigger role, or at least look a little bit better, kind of will help out stuff. I just want to diversify here. All right, Jeff, closing argument. I think it's totally possible for um, Headphone Girl Juro to become just as prominent as Uraka and to take over her role as, like, number two and it'd be the adventures of Deku and Headphones. So... <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, closing argument. Like she, like again, she is the third member of this entire thing. If we don't count, uh, 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 wow, uh, Todoroki, I, it, I would like. Uh, she has to be there. She's getting there. I think she, like, she's slowly becoming that. Maybe next to Suyu, along with that, who obviously will be best girl eventually. But now, until then, I would like to see more of Uraka show off that she can kick some ass despite her ability being weird. All right. Uh, I think Doctor gave the most detailed argument of that one, giving like a more reasoned argument of like why Uraraka, despite having more screen time than Kyoka so far, could still benefit from having more development fighting and that she has a lot of interesting things to her character that could use more development, like her relationship with her parents and stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jeff's argument was like a headphone, headphone girl. girls. Is it was basically cool. like my personal favorite. I don't really back yeah. up crap. What have I done? <laughs> I, I, like I like Uraka, but even I would have anyway. I I, w- I wish now that I'd gone. I really wish I'd mentioned Invisible Girl because like just getting an arc focusing on her would be so like to like th- I think that would like yeah. blow people's minds, you know, and like people would like talk about that so much. But, like there is this arc right now that's focusing on a character that isn't ever drawn and like yeah. 
It's just nothing but backgrounds. Yeah. I feel like I'm reading Bleach or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's keep the excitement going with the fourth match of the speed round. This question comes from Gunsword Fist on Animation Revelation, who asks, Is Deku relatable? Doctor, opening argument. Oh god, yes. Like, he is he is the everyman. Like, uh, it's hard to not relate to this kid. Like, you, I think that's the the, the point of having a, him being quirkless from the very beginning. It, it sort of makes you want to, like, you feel like, oh, I could be a hero just like this kid. It's, it, it's, e it's an easy way to relate to this kid. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right, Jeff, opening argument. I should defend the counter position, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to start start now. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, Deku is not relatable because even though there's like a semblance of him being in the everyman in the first character, the first chapter with like he doesn't have a quirk whatever, he gets a quirk. He gets like the best quirk. He gets, he's being personally groomed by All Might. He, he has been given so much more privilege than, like sure, he didn't have it for the first however many years of his life until he met All Might, but like he met his personal hero. He's gotten like everything he could ever want, basically. Doctor, counter-argument. Well, I will agree this is it was a very much of a Superman solution to a Batman problem. I still think that the kid is doing stuff that a lot of people would do, even though, yeah, he gets a super, like a, one of the best superpowers in the world. The kid makes bonehead decisions. He, he very makes very kid decisions. Let me throw this punch as hard as I can. Ow, that really hurts. Like, I would have done that, too. Like, it's hard to not think, like, of course, like, punch harder. Like, that. Like that's uh, what a lot of people would do. Okay. All right, Jeff, counter-argument. Um, yeah, I just think Deku is... He's in a place where he still thinks of himself as being the complete underdog, even then, like, sure, in some ways he is, but in other ways he, like, has so much privilege. And, it, and I think it's it's kind of hard for people to, to relate to him in that respect because it's, like, you, you've gotten everything handed to you. And so, like, I, I think it's fair for a lot of people to be like, I don't actually relate to him that much because, you know, he's being personally groomed as the successor of All Might. That's, like, uh, the All right, Doctor, closing argument. But it really goes down to the fact that, like, it's, it's very much in the theme of the entire story. It's like, anyone can be a hero. Even though this kid is like doesn't think that he he has the the strength to be, to be able to do it, he 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 tries and musters whatever he can to be able to get it done. I think that's what's nice about it. Like it's yes, like and you want to root for them, yes, and you feel like yeah, I could I could have done that. I could be like this kid one day. Time up. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Closing argument. I think personally, the more the series hangs on that thread and says like, oh, any, you can be a hero. I think it's critically flawed because it's just. You know, it's like you can be a hero if you have All Might guiding you. If you're the one person All Might's chosen, you know, like the whole the whole hero system is centered around people being the best and outranking people. And Deku was given a chance to, you know, he's being given the chance to be number one, and he got he was given that by someone. No one, not everyone else has that. Sorry. Hmm, this is actually a, a little bit hard to judge. Colden, I want to hear your opinion first. Oh man, um. I mean, if you were to ask me personally, like, I fell in love with My Hero Academia because I felt like, compared to most shonen protagonists, that Midoriya is super relatable, even down to stuff like, you know, just him, like, mumbling to himself and people yeah. calling him out on that. That's, that's, that's something that happens to me all the damn time. So I, I, I felt a sort of a kinship with Midoriya afterwards, and, and, that's, and that's how My Hero Academia became one of my favorite shonen manga of all time. But I don't know. I personally feel like he's relatable, uh, despite, you know, Jeff's uh, criticisms of, uh, or arguments, I should say, about things being handed down to him. Hmm. Well, Dr. Very much argued why Deku is a relatable protagonist within the context of the series and that why I think a lot of people admire him. But Jeff also kind of points out that Deku has kind of been privileged by the fact that he has 
you know, met his hero, has been personally groomed by his hero, trained by his hero. And because he has, like, a great power, you know, he is kind of a step above a lot of other people. So th- this one is rather hard because Doctor is getting to at the heart of why Midoriya is a relatable protagonist in one sense, but Jeff is also pointing out some of the flaws in, in the concept of Midoriya as the everyman because Midoriya has been singled out as kind of a chosen one character by his idol. Sure, but I would personally argue that he still acts like the everyman. He still acts like a like like. But yes, person. but then what does it mean to act like the everyman? And I'm also thinking about something that Doctor said during our My Hero Academia discussion, which is very much in line with what Jeff is saying, is that Doctor said that the team of My Hero Academia is like, you can be a hero if you have the power. And that's very much what Jeff was just arguing in his closing argument. Like, you can be a hero if you have someone guiding you, like All Might. So I'm thinking about that as I, well. I personally feel like that could be interpreted in a few different ways. I mean, it, it makes sense in the context of the series, but I think, like, what, what what does it mean to actually have the power to be a hero? You know, and I think that was something that the first chapter of My Hero Academia was sort of exploring. I hate to admit it, but, you know, the series kind of counteracts its own point by the end. But I still think that uh, part of the reason why I like My Hero Academia is that at the beginning, it was exploring that idea of, you know, you don't have, you don't necessarily have to have uh, superpowers to be a hero. But again, the series kind of counteracts its point, so I guess that point is me. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like you've been, you've been debating the decision of judging the round more than the round itself. <laughs> we should have had someone judge our our, de- our we debating need a third the decision. Party. <laughs> we have a third party. We have a third party. I will go get the third party. Hold on. Uh oh. Uh oh. What what a twist. Okay. Is this is this staying on the show? <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. Um d- it depends on what Sid edits out. I don't know. <laughs> oh goodness. There's like a long fifth, five minute pause break in the mid- in, in between all this. Let's put some music on. I think my argument was pretty flawed. I mean, <laughs> no, actually, I, like, uh, no joke. I completely understand. No, like, I mean, I, I think, like, I just think it's not like necessary to. Uh... All right, I have brought our third party. Oh. We Lord GTC. Uh-oh. He will give the decision on the manga fight. Hi guys, it was take a dread shit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's very vulgar. Hey, hey, um, hey, hey, anyway. So the argument is, do we find Deku a relatable protagonist? Doctor is arguing that Deku is relatable because he's the everyman. He's easy to relate to. He's a kid who's doing a lot of stuff that a lot of people do as a kid and makes bonehead decisions kids make. And the series is about how anyone can be a hero, and Deku didn't think he could, but he's mustered his strength, and he's made people believe that you know, I could be this kid one day. He's very inspirational. Meanwhile, Jeff is arguing the opposite. He's arguing that Deku has the best quirk. He's been personally groomed by All Might. He's met his hero and had his dream come true. Deku thinks he's the underdog, but he really has so much privilege because he's had pretty much his power handed to him. And Jeff argues that the series seems to posit that you can be a hero if you have a figure like All Might guiding you. So, what, we Lord, which do you think is the stronger argument? Do you think Deku is a relatable protagonist? I'd say I'd have to go with Doctor on this one. Mm-hmm. Mainly because the whole, like, embodiment of underdog shonen is about the fact that the main character is going to be relatable. Like, let's go back to Naruto. It's all about him wanting to 
kind of become the Hokage and stuff, and you're not giving up, and you care about that. Deku's kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. And even though, yes, he does have one for all, he can't really use it properly, and he has to kind of learn from from the base all the way up. Exactly. So, yeah, I'd have to go with Doctor. All right, I think that settles it then. The winner of round four is Doctor! Though I, I, like I was going to mention, like, I, I feel like a lot of Jeff's points, I actually feel the same way. There are little things where, like, it just seems like this stuff, it kind of gets handed to him, and it's hard to really root for this kid sometimes. But, like, yeah, it's still, the point of it is, like, you kind of, he's still a kid. Like, I get it. Yeah, and also, like, even though, like, there's so many characters who are, like, chosen explicitly, that you still root for, like just because mm-hmm. he has the thing, he's like being groomed for whatever. It doesn't mean he's not relatable. So I was kind of like, I mean, that was kind of one of my arguments because I, I have the discussion with people all the time. Like, yeah, he ends up getting his power, but you know, Vila reminded me of an uh, argument I always use is, you know, just because he gains his power and sure, yeah, he a lot of the stuff is handed to him and he he does get a lot of help. It's how he takes advantage of those. Um, I guess, for lack of a better word, quirks. It's how he takes advantage of, of all of these things that I think yeah. makes him a relatable character. Now, now if he would have come in with One for All and then suddenly just wreck everyone, then I would have been like, nah, you screwed up all the, all the way. Yeah. yeah. This kid has been, mm-hmm. like, literally killing himself <laughs> uh, to the to the point of just, like, actual d- disability that it it's hard to, like, not see them as, like, yeah, like, he doesn't know what he's doing, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize just how much early on he, like, I, I what I remember from, like, later in the series is that he, like, you know, whenever there's a tough moment, he always uses the power and then gets beat up or, like, you know, has to get healed. But, mm-hmm. like, early on, he's just like, I'm not going to use it because I can only use it once. And he has to do all this stuff without using it. So he, even though he has this special power, he, like, has to think much more creative than, than everyone else. And he's, like, much more disadvantaged than everyone else in the class because they can just use their powers freely, mostly. And he has to yeah. think much more strategically mm-hmm. than everyone else, so... Yes, and not die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys made good arguments for both sides, but I do see, you know, Dr. Colton and V-Lord's uh, point about Deku being the everyman being the strongest uh, argument. And, like, even though he does have this, like, what is ostensibly the best power, he has worked very hard to make it his own, and he's still facing challenges while using it. He isn't the best yet, and he's still growing. And is in many ways still an underdog. It's still a kid trying to still who's still growing and trying to you know learn like how to use his power effectively. And at the end of the day, I think that's what makes uh, My Hero Academia a very good manga, in my opinion. That's what makes it My Hero Academia. <laughs> On that note, actually, that brings us to the final question of the speed round and of the manga fights debate as a whole. And that question is, from Kevin the Loner on Reddit, in what arc do you appreciate Deku's character the most, and how does that correlate with the environment, restrictions faced, advantages gained, and attitude held by him, or vice versa? Doctor, your opening argument. Um, I think him fighting Muscle Dude. I think that was it. That was like the moment where like everything clicked. For for him, I think that having the having uh, being able to like show off that he can be that hero for just that one brief moment at least solidifies for me like this guy, the, the, everything is gonna work out for him one day. All right, time up. Okay. 
Jeff, opening argument. All right, I'm going to go with the sports festival just because that's still he still can't use his power enough that he like for for like the initial obstacle course he doesn't even use it at all. He's able to get in first place in the obstacle course without using his power at all, which is you know, like the height basically the height of his creativity for the whole series. And you know, and then he that puts him at disadvantage in the next round, so that that's an interesting dynamic. And that's yeah, I think that's the most interesting dynamic that we've seen. All right, Doctor, counter argument. Uh, yeah, no, I think the the sports festival though though. A good moment for him i think it's just like I, for me it's 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 hard to really judge it because it's still that sort of beginning opening parts of that shonen series that i just like okay everyone gets their their look in eventually but i think like the school trip stuff is what what really shows off that he actually can be a hero he there he saves a person he he shows off his superpower he goes to the point where Time he up. didn't think he could do all right jeff counter argument so i think in the camping trip uh his his arc during that fight there was kind of just like push harder, push harder, push harder. And like, I don't think there's that much interesting to it. Whereas we get lots of up and down, ups and downs in the sports festival. We get to see him working with teammates, trying to form a team based on his disadvantage. He put himself and also just like the gag of him being like, whatever, 10 million points is, is great. And yeah. All right. Closing argument, doctor. I, I would say that it's not even so much the, the arc itself, but more like the aftermath. The fact that like the, he went out of his way to do all of this, to push and push and push and all these figure out like this kid can't do this. He, he like, he's going to screw himself out after all of this stuff. It, it's really that that's just like, okay, everything makes sense. It, it, it turns out. Um, but yeah, no, I think like he will be the hero uh, just from that moment. I will say, yeah, he could be the hero. All right, Jeff. Closing argument. I think when we think about what we like about Deku, it's not the, um, you know, him being able to use All Might's power and be like be able to punch things really hard or kick things really hard. It's his being able to, you know, tie in that quirkless creativity. And I think what we've seen so far, the sports festival is the height of that. So we hope for more of that going forward. I think so far, that is stands out from that regard. All right, Colton. I want to hear your opinion first. I kind of have to agree with Doctor with his choice because I really felt like, while I do appreciate Deku's um, creativity during the sports festival, I really feel like, you know, his fight against the muscle guy during uh, their camping trip, um, I thought was just such a great um, example of, like, just seeing how much Midoriya has just grown as a person that... You know, even though he's in so much pain trying to protect this one kid, and he's clearly destroying himself, and it clearly hurts him, that he's still moving forward with his battle, and he's still doing his best to be the best hero he can be and try to save a life. And I, I've even talked about it on Manga Mavericks in general a few times about how I, that's honestly still one of my favorite moments in the entire manga is... It's, it's just that it's just the moment where like everything clicks is like where doctor says, you know, it's, it's like we said before, you know, that's, that's the part where you roll the credits. Like I personally, I don't think um, it gets any better than that. Well, Colton, I also agree that that fight was like a very defining moment for Deku's character. And it was one that really established him as like, yes, this character can be a great hero. However, based on the arguments I felt Jeff gave more details and examples of why the sports festival showed off Deku's strengths as a character in terms of his wit, how he, his creativity, and the limitations of his power and how he needs to use it effectively and smartly. And the fact that uh, his counter-argument where the fight with 
uh, the muscle guy was just one singular kind of idea of struggling, like he just has to push harder. The sports festival offered Deku a variety of different challenges which he had to overcome, and he had to think about maneuvering against in different unique ways. And I, so I think, in terms of who gave the stronger argument, Jeff wins the final match of the speed Woo! round. That means I win everything, right? But, <laughs> no, because, because both you and Doctor tied the speed round with three points each, but Doctor won the debate round three to two against you, which means winning the manga fight six to five is Doctor! I don't know how well the hell did that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be everybody's like first opening speech. Like, wow, I won. How did I do that? Uh, I don't. I, I thank you. Uh, I want to thank uh, my mother, uh, God, um, the Academy, else? the Academy, um, the 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 press. Uh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> no, it, it was really fun. I, f I feel like uh, having gone through this really kind of gives me, gave me a better appreciation for the series as a whole. Having read through all of it at like such a short time span, but and I, at least also coming back and kind of like saying like, wait a minute, I don't know about my side. Is my side right? I think I have a better <laughs> idea of it now, it, 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 at least from this. And it, it's hell. It was it was really a lot of fun uh, with uh, arguing with Jeff as far as like points that even I shared with him. But trying my best to see the other side of it was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be. <laughs> yes, it's fun. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think this was, we had some really great debates. Both Jeff and Doctor gave some really strong arguments. It was, and it was pretty challenging to, to judge some of them <laughs> because they were so strong. But, yeah, uh, it was, it was a good time. I'm very happy with this return for manga fights. This was a great match. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I like re reread some to, to catch up for this because there were, there was like a, there was a gap in my, what I'd read. And I, th I think this series kind of like, it kind of rewards rereading more than I thought it would because there's like, like a mm -hmm. certain themes that were like, I did totally not catch the first time. Like there's so much stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm much more excited for the future of my hero academia as a series than I ever was before I started rereading. Like the, the, yeah. the hints at one for all containing the remnants of the other people. Like I'm so much more intrigued to see where that goes going forward. It, and I got so much of an avatar vibe this time around avatar last airbender, especially like, I mean, Todoroki is basically Zuko except without starting off evil. And I was gonna say he was a blue cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and like I think like the all for one power is basically the avatar, and I think it'll be really interesting to see if he. And I also just want to see Deku surpass All Might. Like, I, like mm -hmm. after like seeing like where the series starts off, and like seeing some like rereading some of them, like that's where the series has to go eventually. And like I can understand how it's gonna take a long time to get there, but I'm actually excited for it to take a long time to get there if it eventually pays off that way. Before before we read, I was like, eh, it's serious. Yeah. Eh, it's gonna get to something interesting someday. But now I have like a better idea of like, oh yeah, once it gets to something interesting, it's gonna be great. And it's still pretty good. It's still good now. So there's a lot of great potential with my hair academia. A lot of really cool things to look forward to, and I'm really excited about it. I am also excited. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the fifth manga fight. It was one heck of an exciting show. I want to thank both Doctor and Jeff for coming on and giving us a great fight, guys. Thanks for being biased and totally ruining 
and destroying <laughs> my reputation. I am now zero for one, and my my career is over in the manga fighting industry. So. Oh man, both you, Josh, and Maxi are really salty about losing. <laughs> All three of you should team up against me. <laughs> like three on one manga file. Oh, Maybe right. then you guys would stand a chance. I mean, meanwhile, you say. The real My Hero Academia traitor is Sid for uh, ruling against me too many times. <laughs> the heads of Viz are going to call you tomorrow and be like, you know, we just we just listened to that episode of Manga Fights, but, but it's not out yet. That's not important. We we listen to it, and we just we, we, we want to find another like digital engineer. I'm sorry, we, just, we can't we can't have that kind of publicity. Yes, <laughs> these are degrees. Oh, Use no. all of your um, credibility there. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say this because of my winning here, I now officially retire from manga fights. I I'm going I'm going retired undefeated. Um, it's been a gr- it's been a great run. I'm gonna take my uh, belt with me. But what about? What about the Gintama manga fight that will inevitably do? Oh, we're doing uh, that? Okay. Crap. Oh, damn it. Well, inevitably. Inevitably. I feel like that's almost... It has to, given this guy's on here, so... <sighs> yeah, I guess... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, if it does happen, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, you know? Like, there can only exist one Gintama podcast. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 an, on, <laughs> yeah, it's an ongoing yeah, battle that we've, we've been going through for the past four years now. I don't know how long I've secretly hated Colton for like the longest. That, just like... That's that's why that's why he has to be on to record one podcast prevails is because he hates me. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because because that's yeah. the winner of that manga fight will be the definitive <laughs> leader of the single <laughs> Gintama podcast, uh, the one and only. The, the, It'll be a fight to decide. The, the that. winner of that manga fight will be the singular leader of the Gintama fandom. Yes. Oh, <laughs> now now I feel like I have to come out of retirement for this. <laughs> <laughs> so soon All too. Right. Yeah, no. But until you come out of retirement, where can the good people find you, Doctor? Uh, you can find me at plenty of places. Uh, I think first of all, you can find me on Twitter if you want to follow me on there. If you can put up with my wrestling tweets, you can find find me at SSAA Podcast, uh, which I run. Uh, this is the Ask Backwards Enemy Podcast over at SSAAPodcast.com. New episode is out. Actually, technically, it's your episode is out. <laughs> I will be recording another one soon enough. Uh, uh, me and uh, my girlfriend recently went to see um, your name, so we're going to be actually recording a whole episode on that. Mm. Uh, hopefully, nice. uh, hopefully, it will be out. It might be a little bit af- after I think this episode is out, most likely. Um, besides that, I have plenty of other stuff. Obviously, get, uh, just a Gintama podcast over at GintamaPodcast.com, uh, where we cover all the new stuff that's going on in not the enemy again. Uh, let's see. I made that joke twice, I think. Uh, now, I also cover Detective Conan, or Case Closed, as it is over here on Viz Media. Uh, uh, you can find that over at onepodcastprevails.wordpress.com. Myself and Colton go through the beginnings of the manga and go case by case uh, through the entire thing, and it's going to be a long trip. All right. Jeff, where can the good people find you? Oh, I'm on Twitter at JeffFriendlyJeff, and you can also find, I, I do a Digimon podcast called Podigis, where we cover the the dub of the Digimon anime, basically, in arcs, and we're currently covering Digimon Frontier, which is the fourth season, and not not very loved in terms of Digimon seasons. A lot of people hate it, and it's not, not the best, but we're uh, but midway through that, so you can check us out there, and um, I'm also occasionally on the show, Weekly Shonen Jump official podcast. Um from time to time and yeah if you um 
read My Hero Academia, you should check out the Weekly Shonen Jump app and Viz Media app because I, I work on those. I started Viz two years ago and have been maintaining them since and hoping to improve them as possible. If you have, uh, you know, like comments or feedback about about the apps, you can send it to me on Twitter or through the official like support mechanisms. But I'm always interested to find ways to make them better and to make people enjoy reading manga digitally better. So, yeah. You've, you've, you've saved my butt, so I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't read the manga on those apps. It's just so convenient. So I really got to thank you. Yeah, without you. that app, I wouldn't have been able to read all Black Clover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without the app, I wouldn't have been able to read My Hero Academia. <laughs> yeah, and I'm currently we're currently working on some exciting things for the uh, Weekly Shonen Jump app. So can't really say specifically, but it's something people have been wanting for a while. So it's exciting. Yes. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Awesome. Definitely follow Jeff on Twitter and talk to him. He's a great guy. Thank you. So uh, also, Colton. Where can the people find you? Well, if you uh, found any of my insight interesting whatsoever, uh, you could find me on Twitter. That's at SniperKing323. That's S-N-I-P-E-R-K-I-N-G-323. Uh, like Doctor said, we record one podcast for Bales, a, a podcast about Detective Code, and go listen to that. I really like recording that show. New episode is out by the time you listen to this, hopefully. It should, hopefully. It will be. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm editing as we speak. Um but uh, speaking of editing, I need to, as soon as I'm done with this, I need to edit the latest episode of Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast. That's the other Gintama podcast that for some reason exists. And if you if you ever listen to One Podcast Prevails, it's kind of the same uh, structure almost. We, we, in particular, covered the Gintama manga as was released by Viz Media from the beginning and uh, talk about the manga specifically through there. Uh, you could find that at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. And um, I think that's about it for me. As for me, you can find me as Lum Ramayasha on Twitter and Animation Revelation. Those are my main two hangouts. And as for the show in particular, you can find more manga fights, as well as the parent show Manga Mavericks, on allcomic.com and on iTunes, as well as our YouTube page. Just search for Manga Mavericks to find our channel. Remember, guys, we need 100 subscribers to get that custom URL, so please like and subscribe our content. And we've got some exciting things coming down the pipes in terms of the show. We've got a lot of Q&As for this manga fight, and we used quite a few of them for the topics. But, of course, we still got plenty more. So in a couple of weeks, we'll be putting out an MHA Q&A special where we'll answer the rest of your guys' questions. You, if you guys have any more questions, you still have a couple weeks to send those in, and we'll answer them on the show. And speaking of editing things, besides this manga fight, as something that's also uh, I'm going to have to be working on is a massive Pokemon Adventures retrospective that I recently recorded with Annalisa Christman and my friend Jonathan Lee something, where we get, went into quite detail on Pokemon Adventures and <laughs> took five hours, but it's one heck of a great discussion. That'll be out in the coming weeks. Also, speaking of your name... We Lord and I podcasted about your name and we a couple other movies like the live action Ghost in the Shell and Power Rangers and that episode will also be coming down the pipes in the near future as well. So keep a lookout for those guys on our all our feeds on iTunes, on allcomic.com and on YouTube. But that about does it. For the show, this was episode 5 of Manga Fights. If you have a suggestion for the next Manga Fight, please send uh, any of your questions, comments, or criticisms 
to mangamavericks at gmail.com. We love reading your emails and we love hearing your suggestions. But until the next time, this has been episode 5 of Manga Fights, and we'll see you in the next one. Sayonara, guys. See ya.